What's up, After Buzzers? We're talking forever. Episode 7 and 8. A lot has happened. Is June a lesbian? And can you even get a divorce after death? We're talking about it right now, so don't go away. You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz This is such a good song. Oh, I feel like I'm in Oceanside. It's one of your favorite songs. Or Riverside. It is. It should have been on the soundtrack. It's totally them. Like, this, if this song didn't play, which it didn't, it should have. But I feel like <laughs> if you told me it did, I would believe it. Yeah, season two. You guys, welcome to the Forever After Show. We're talking the last two episodes. It's sad, but they were really, really good. Um, before we get into it, I'm Steph Sabra, and to my left is the wonderful, beautiful... Oh, thank you. <laughs> I am Lauren. So happy to be here. Such a great show. Sad to be wrapping it up, but I mean, it, it ended in such a heartwarming way. I know. I loved it. We're missing Jen today, yes. but she's working like a boss lady, Yes. so... Work. She has to do what she has to do. Yeah, she has to do what she has to do, but she watched and loved the ending like we did too and you all at home. So we are going to represent for her and talk about what we liked and what happened. Yes. We're, so we're first going to cover episode seven, Oceanside, then episode eight, Goodbye Forever. Get into a little news and gossip. Mm-hmm. We have a special segment where I'm going to be asking our love resident, our other resident is missing. Yes. Um, a relationship question pertaining to the episode, and then we'll wrap it up with, I guess, some goodbyes forever because I know forever. we don't know. <laughs> but before we get into the breakdown, what do you think? I know you liked the last two episodes, but your overall impression? I was the, my overall impression of the show was the unique story they told about something simple and something that like death is we've seen a lot of movies about it whether it's like a ghost movie or like somebody being sad about somebody dying it's a subject that has been done over and over and over again i applaud the creators and writers and everyone involved in the show for being so for taking such a creative spin like they just did a really good job it's sort of like how playing like for an actress playing a dumb blonde it's a really hard thing to tackle because there's like one way that it's always done all the time and you're sort of just used to seeing that like this falls under that sort of umbrella like we're talking about death okay it's so sad well they made it funny and they made it unique and really interesting and i totally recommend this show to people who haven't seen it but i know you all have (laughs) okay both amazon and forever should hire lauren as their like person to rep this show because that was the best explanation i've ever heard call me (laughs) i completely agree it was it was completely out of the box for something normal and i know there have been shows that have talked about things like marriage and failing in marriage before but this seemed to be done in a really real way because it brought that comedic element because that's how it is like a lot of my friends parents who are divorced I see them talking like that a little bit especially if it's new or they're in the separation phase right so I I mean I just love the last especially the last episode I felt every emotion I was pissed 
at both of them at some point. Totally. And then I loved them at some point. Oh my gosh, and I didn't think that I was I was going to end up feeling the way I felt at the end. Like I felt as though I went on the emotional journey with them, like feeling all the range of emotions. Like you said, Steph, like it's sometimes feeling like, Oh, she needs to leave him. (laughs) Screw that guy. Like, and then feeling like, Oh, but I kind of think she needs to take responsibility for her own actions. And then feeling like, but maybe she needs to go explore things with case. And then feeling like, but I don't want them to break up. I mean, I went through the whole, like, legitimately and authentically went through the whole thing with them. Yeah. Like, to the point where at the end, I was audibly going, no! Oh! (laughs) Like, out loud. Like, I was watching a kitten video or something. It was, like, (laughs) real. For real. I should have watched it with you. So cute. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about episode seven. This is where June leaves for Oceanside. Um, And I guess that really spoke to the state of the marriage, that she was just kind of done. I was extremely pissed at this point. She gave him a letter, and I just think after that long of marriage, it's not knowing what we know in the second episode. How did that make you feel? Totally was like, that's really harsh. Then his reaction was like, then I didn't know how to feel. Like I Then I felt less like bad for him because he seemed like he, Oscar, seemed like when he was retelling the story to his Mark. friend Mark, I felt like he was like, it's not that big of a deal. And Mark was like, "What? Are, why are you not freaking out right now? Then I got mad all over again that he wasn't fighting for her. So I went through to, yeah, at first it was annoyed at her, and then I was like, oh, but he's fine. And then I was like, but why is he fine? You know, are they not supposed to be together? Like, this is really sad. Maybe this is the lesson they're trying to figure out in their afterlife. Ugh, I don't know. How did you feel when, like, he was just so indifferent about her leaving? That's why I was like, this is, this must be the Oscar that kind of drew her away, because women love passion. I mean, the gigs up, guys. We want passion. We want some sort of reaction. Not that we want to make, I don't think that it's healthy to only react in a way to get a reaction out of somebody, but if you're authentically upset about something, or you feel like you're withdrawn, or you feel like you're pushing back or holding back because of something that's going on, and then you see as an after effect that the person you love isn't going after you or fighting for you or making an effort, that's a problem. Women do want that. I think men probably want it too. But oh, yeah, women, but we, we give speak. it. Yeah, we do. We do. We, I mean, I'm sure, I can't speak for all women, but most of the time we say what's on our mind, which I think does speak to just like the generic sexes, sex differences between yes. us, is that we do speak our emotions and we don't closet them. And Oscar, we find, I thought this the whole time is that people are deep and you have people like Oscar and a lot of men who have cl- spent their whole life doing this sort of thing where they don't really say how they feel. And then what was really interesting when Mark was like, why aren't you freaking out? He's like, well, I'm an adult. And that's what adults do. We don't freak out. And that did remind me of my dad a little bit. Like, yeah. just because you're an adult doesn't mean you can't feel emotion. Yeah, it's like you're taught as a child and as a boy or a man that emotions equal weakness. And we know that that's actually not true. But there's this thing in the back of your mind that society has driven into you for a long time. Like, don't talk about your emotions. Going to therapy means something's wrong. Like, there's all... Now, we all know that now, but these things have lived so long. We've been told these things for so long that it's like a default. And even if he doesn't, Oscar doesn't think that he's building up a wall or not accessing emotions that he should, he's still doing. Even if he's not totally aware, that's exactly what he's doing. 
and yeah, it is a little bit more male centric to do something like that. Mm-hmm. I think, T- typically speaking, yes, yes. Um, and then he, but then he elaborates a little, and he insists that he's invested a lot of time in June, um, and that he's he's not going to give up, and that was his whole plan. That's why he was calm, I guess, that the whole time he was going to go find her regardless, right? Um, and then. They this scene I loved. Him and Mark go to find the longest resident living in Riverside. (laughs) And then they open the door and it's like a six-year-old little boy. What's his name? I have it. Oh. Josiah. Josiah. And he's playing with a train and he's so... He reminds me of... Ted, the bear. Oh. Uh, you know, like that dry. Totally. <laughs> he was very monotone, very concentrated, very in his routine. But he, but that's dark. Like, but also you have to think too, like, so that's all he, he's only lived life under else's, someone else's care. He's only ever gotten to the point where like a snack and a nap is like <laughs> what happens in the day and playing with toys. Like he doesn't know, even though he's potentially like been in the afterlife for like, I don't know, we could even say like 50, 70 years, a hundred, who knows? Yeah. He's still at the mental capacity or even verbal capacity of like a six year old, we're guessing. But he's got this information, and it, I guess processing it, he can process it, but it still comes out like he's giving them information about the train. The train only stops two places. So I think he's – I think what – I don't know. What did you think that meant? I have an idea in my mind. Yeah, it's – I – I don't know exactly what that meant because then he said the only way you can get there is if you touch a current. So there's these rules and I was yeah. trying to figure out the whole time are the I want to believe that the rules all are consistent, but the more I watch it, I, I couldn't find the pattern. What did you think about the trains? I think that what he was saying was is that there's Oceanside and Riverside okay. and it stops in two places. I don't know or maybe that's what he knows. Because he hasn't tried to explore. I do think maybe there's a lot of... I think once we got into episode, the last episode, we realized that the world afterworld is their oyster. And they can kind of do anything, include, like, burn themselves and let cars run them over. And, like, it's going to be okay. And so I think that the people that live in Riverside only know what they know. And this little boy knows the train stops in two places and that you can touch... If you go too far from this area or water, a water source, it seems like, then you have to steal energy from a living human in order to give yourself energy to keep going is what I took from that. But Oscar did it. He traveled and didn't take energy. So I don't know. It was hard to follow. I'm with you. It was hard to follow the rules because I think at the end, we ended up feeling like there are no rules, actually. You can kind of do whatever you want, but those rules do apply, but maybe there's other things you can do, too. Those rules aren't true. There's just another layer, potentially. Yeah, and it is interesting exactly what you said, that there's people like Mark and Josiah that have been there and don't question the system. But Josiah, on one hand, knows that there are discrepancies to the system but doesn't choose to challenge them. Yeah, maybe just because he's so young. Yeah, Yeah, he's a child and he doesn't think he could probably even leave the house maybe. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe he knows I'm not allowed to go out by myself or something. I don't know. I would just assume that he's 
kind of quarantined to this routine of like a six-year-old every day, which is definitely not going out on your own. And like, (laughs) I think there was a metaphor there, in my opinion, that you have to question everything. You have to continuously question everything because, or else you end up in a metaphorical riverside where you're doing routine and you're stuck with the same surroundings because it's comfortable and you can't move past. Totally agree. Agree. (laughs) And then, um... Meanwhile, June and Case arrive in Oceanside, and they find this opulent mansion with a bunch of Gatsby-type folk. Like It's it's so cool, but it's, it gives me a creepy sense. Totally. I think we get the creepy sense because we know they're all dead. <laughs> so it feels like ethereal slash dark slash haunted mansion-ish, because we're like, what the f- hell is going on? <laughs> yeah. But... It's then we know that there's like friendly faces, and the um, the guy and the French girl come up to them and they're like being welcoming. But it's so you still don't know where they are, so you're still kind of creeped out because you're like, but I'm unsure. Yeah, and they said we basically we haven't had visitors in a while, so there's all these pieces that yeah just leave me unsure and also uncomfortable. I feel like the French lady really creeps me out. Yeah, that's Roma Downey, I think, is the actress's oh, yes, name. Yes. And she was from, like, what was that show? To, a, a, angel something Angel. Touched by an Touched Angel. Touched by an Angel. My uncle yes. actually worked on that show. Oh, really? And is friends with her. And is <laughs> She's actually, great if right. she made me feel that way. She was totally, like, she, yeah, she was, like, perfect. She was kind of odd and very, like, she felt to me like some people that live in LA that are really super spiritual, right? Like, I'm going to go, will you come light my face on fire? I just really want it to be somebody who I trust and love. And that's you. It's like someone who's like, I'm going to go do drugs Keo, right now. Or what's that? I was just um, thinking ayahuasca about that. I, yes. I'm going to go do ayahuasca tea, but I really want you to hold my hand, stuff because I trust and love you. It's like... Oh, that sounded oddly familiar, and this is so not a normal situation. But L.A., for those of you who live here, stuff like that happens all the time. All the time. Um, yeah, it, the the mansion was was odd. But it was cool. totally, totally. But then you got, I feel like, did you feel okay about it, like, soon after? Then I was like, oh, I think they're good. I think they're fine. Yeah, they seem I thought, okay. I thought they were fine. I just, I still want to know the game of it. I want yeah. to understand it a little bit more. And I don't know if we're going to, we didn't get it this season. I don't know if we're supposed to get that at all. Well, it's like, think about this, too. And this is just coming to my mind right now because of you, what you're bringing up. When we were introduced to the afterlife in this show, and Riverside was the afterlife that we knew existed. It was boring, quiet, routine, mm-hmm. monotonous, mm-hmm. blah. And everyone living there is sort of that way. This other afterlife, you get there, and what are you introduced to? A mansion having a party. So to me, the, these are the people that want something more and they're gonna go search for it and this is what they found there could be something even after oceanside too who knows because i think maybe we may have seen what that might be towards the end or alluded to what it might be that there's something else but i think that it's interesting to see the introduction to riverside and the introduction to oceanside how vastly different they were no that's a great point it's something to the people and that's why you said you and they were having so much fun right steph they were like on the, I mean, it looked like a roaring 20s party. 
Ex- that's exactly having the, the time yes. of their lives. Were the people at Riverside having the time of their lives? No, they were trapped. No, they were trapped and kind of just yeah, exactly what you said. Going blah, through the blah, motions. Blah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah. Um, and it, it, the old man that they keep seeing said that it wasn't for Oscar. But then I I do agree. I think that ties into exactly what you said. It's about people searching for life, mm-hmm. and Oscar had to be searching for it to find it. And he did. He made his way to Oceanside, not touching any currents because Oscar is a saint. He's just has some oddities, mm-hmm. uh, and he makes it there. And he just goes in. Because he's exhausted, but he goes in on June. Oh, my gosh. He laid into her, which is sort of what I know he was mean, and he said some mean things like, you're a homewrecker and you're evil, and how could you do this to me? And he wasn't wrong, but I think even though the words hurt her, I think that's who she had wanted to come out all her whole marriage. And if it wasn't who she wanted to come out, she would have never come back around to him again. So even though the words may have hurt, I think that's who she had been searching for the entire time. And she drew it out of him and he drew it out of her. He wouldn't have gone to search for another life or more in life if it wasn't for her. Mm -hmm. So she was the inspiration for him to go get there. And maybe at first Oceanside wasn't for Oscar, but because of her, it was. Yes. Which is cute. I totally I totally agree with that. I I thought that nothing he was saying was not true. He obviously said it in an embarrassing way in public in front of everyone, but everyone's dead, so what is there to lose? They'll get over it. <laughs> They'll uh, forget about it because yeah. they forget. And then he passes out from exhaustion and we're left there. So I left feeling like I'm glad he said something. It wasn't the best way, but I'm really glad he said something and I'm glad he went after her because Agreed. even though she shouldn't have left if you really do love someone, maybe she, we know that she is having an emotional breakdown and they'd later call it an emotional affair. So she's not in the right, she's not making the best decisions. No, she's not. And I think he probably sees that and felt the urge to have to go see what was really going on. He couldn't just like let this general letter tell his fate. Yeah. You know, and even though it may be against what he normally does, it was worth it for him. He tried to stay there in Riverside and just sort of like let it go, but he couldn't. No. Yeah. I'm glad he said what he said too. I agree. In relationships, there are tactful ways to say things, but the important thing is to get out how you honestly feel. And we're definitely, we'll, I'm going to yeah, ask we'll you get about to that. that for yeah. sure. Before we get into episode eight, uh, Lauren has a special announcement for us. Yes, you guys, After Buzzers, you thank you all for watching and tuning in. And we here at After Buzz, we are a network that produces after shows for nearly all of your favorite TV shows, like all of them. I mean, there's reality, sci-fi, drama, uh, Amazon shows, like forever <laughs> that you're watching here. And this network works so hard to serve the television fans and the super fans like you guys out there but we need your help we are asking that you please subscribe to one or more of the channels on YouTube so by subscribing what actually happens is YouTube then will suggest content that is like tailor made for you and that in return helps AfterBuzz continue to grow and don't worry about pesky notifications that is fine you just opt out it's not hard and you won't get them and they won't bother you so just make sure 
sure you hit the subscribe button now for this channel and check out all of our other shows on AfterBuzz and YouTube and all of our YouTube channels as well. And let us know in the comments that you did so and we'll thank you on air, give you a shout out, maybe back for season two of uh, Forever. Yeah. And we can shout all you out for tuning in. So thank you so much, you guys. Again, you are the best fans ever. We're fans here too. So thank you for helping us be the ESPN of Talk TV here at After Buzz. Absolutely. Yes. We do love you guys. Yes. Okay, goodbye forever. Uh, this was such a good episode. Um, and it opens up where June's in his face and they're at the wall at the ocean, which like you said, we think that, that anywhere near water seems to be it where it must be a power source for yeah. them or something. And she basically calls him out on or tells him what he did. And I did want to ask you, it strikes this really interesting conversation to me where he's asking her about her emotional affair and they have this conversation about sexuality on a spectrum which I'm really actually love that they included I that. I do too. I love that they didn't make a big deal out of mm-hmm. it that it was just like she could have had an affair with a man or a woman that it was less about that and more about the emotionality and more about the fact that she's like uh, even if I did sleep with her, it doesn't necessarily make me a lesbian. Maybe I'm just doing whatever I'm doing and she's not wrong and it's mm-hmm. totally I love that they included that and didn't focus on like you still don't know. We still don't know if anything sexually happened between them. I think that me, I personally think that they made a choice as actors. Um, Maya Rudolph and, um, Catherine Keener made choices in their scenes to play it like a love scene, even though it didn't, they didn't, outwardly say that and there was no like sexuality actually happening I think they chose to do that because it doesn't matter there was something there and they wanted to connect to that and so I think I am guessing they made that choice I totally agree because we see later uh, she comes Case comes and calls her out like a girlfriend Mm -hmm. like I would if I was starting a new relationship like what is this Yeah, but I will have to say I truly believe Case was completely out of line Even though June had told her she left Oscar and they were done, that's her husband of over 15 years, and he never did anything wrong to her. Right. He wasn't the best, which we will talk about soon, but he never cheated on her. He didn't, like, cuss... He didn't... I mean, he... He, he did yell at her, but he... You know what I mean? He didn't cross a line that deserved that. There wasn't something, like... Um, there wasn't an overarching thing that happened and there wasn't some a typical bad husband behavior, but he did hurt her in ways that are a little less typical than what people normally talk about. And I do think that Case did kind of cross the line in that situation, but also if we're just playing it very generally, like maybe, you know, there was a talk in private between the two of them where she made Case feel like, where June made Case feel like she was there to be with her and explore things with her, and maybe she felt a little betrayed. I wouldn't be surprised. They sort of alluded to this connection they had, so maybe she felt like she had to say something. Who knows? I love that devil's advocate because that's a great perspective. We don't know what happened behind the scenes, and clearly June wasn't mad at her, so she obviously must have said and something kept reassuring her through the episode he's going he's going he'll be gone tomorrow he's going and kept going back to her so it was interesting and it was interesting the way we're saying going back to her i mean she was just going 
to spend time with her or to be friends with her. I, there was nothing, there was never anything odd. Or yeah. Not that that would be odd, but there was never anything more than that's what we just saw. So Exactly. Um, and then Case leaves and Oscar starts building this ship to leave because we find out he goes to the man again and he's not allowed to leave. He said there, uh, all roads leave to, lead to Oceanside over and over again. He's like, see, I told you. Yeah. So that's interesting dynamic of it. But I think the best part of the episode, what the bulk of what I want to talk about is this conversation between them when he's building the boat and she kind of like takes a step back and she says that she always underestimated Oscar and that she used him as an excuse and then she says, you weren't the problem, I was. You weren't totally... And then he says, you weren't totally wrong to blame you. I avoided you because I was scared. If we talked about our problems, you would realize you were way out of my league. Let's yeah. break that down on both sides. Let's talk about June's emotions. I think that she's finally taking responsibility for her life ending up the way that it did. You just can't blame somebody. You can't be that much of a victim. Yes, you're allowed to say, like, maybe these things happen because of your actions. But at the end of the day, your choice of how to react and then move and grow from that is totally you. The victim mentality is, like, the worst thing you can do a, in life and B, in a relationship because then you're like resenting somebody else. So she's building resentment all the while she's like placing blame on him. It's this vicious cycle that ends up in both of them talking about if they don't know if they want to have a baby or not in episode one or two, yeah. whenever that was. One. One. And you're like, what? Huh? You've been married that long and you're living parallel lives? Like you're not even – what is happening? Like – and it seems fine, but they really weren't deep down inside. So she – and we talked about this on our after show. Like, June needs to take responsibility for some of the crap that she's complaining about. And I think she did in that moment. Yes. And also, if we look back to um, when she first arrived in Riverside, we forget. We think because we know Oscar is guided by routine and he stays with his routine – but we forget to realize that anytime she asked him to do something different, although he was a little bit uh, pushed back on it, he always accepted the new thing. Totally. You're right. So she should have been able to maybe express her desire to want to do different things and to branch out a little bit better or more effectively so that she could guide him to do those mm-hmm. things because it ended up happening. That's what ended up happening. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then Oscar, and I really love what Oscar had to say because I I think it speaks to a lot of um, men in general, this kind of feeling that if you – he was scared to talk about the problems because he's insecure essentially Mm -hmm. and because – June is a catch, Mm -hmm. but so is he in a lot of senses. So I thought that was a really, really interesting way to word his emotions. I think he totally hit the nail on the head and really accessed his vulnerability in that moment, which we talked about is hard for typically could be hard for men to do because they're taught not to do that. And I think in the moment he was taking responsibility for his feelings and actions and saying like, yeah, you know what you're, I hear what you're saying, but you're also not wrong for blaming me for being the way I am. I am the way I am. And I could see how that would have made things different for you or hard for you. And yeah. And his insecurity, I mean, that's talking about your insecurity is a slippery slope because you don't want to talk about it too much because it's, then it becomes a thing and it 
it makes you feel unattractive and then that insecurity is a both any like way you identify any human has insecurities Mm -hmm. and to talk about it it's true and I've felt this I'm sure you felt this when you're feeling insecure it's like do I talk about it and then am I less attractive or do I act like I'm confident but I'm really um, developing these horrible reactions like totally because it comes out somehow yes I think there's a fine line I think you're I think it's okay and honest to talk about your insecurities but I think it's about taking responsibility again everybody has insecurities so in the moment take responsibility for insecurities you've brought into the relationship and then insecurities that maybe somebody else's actions might be exacerbating and they did that in this moment, like so beautifully, right? Yes. It's like, I did this thing, but I could see how it affect you. And she's like, and I feel this way, but I could see how that would have been wrong. I should have done A, B, and C. And it was like, problem solved. And then she even said, I think we just had our first honest conversation Aww. ever. And I was like, dang, I love that so much. And I still didn't know what was going to happen. Oh, this no, is I what still I lo- felt <laughs> like they were going to just be like, okay, Over. bye. Yeah. He's building this boat. He's like ready to go. <laughs> the boat is like ready to go. But I think then in that it's moment, us. he turned around and the boat was like, broken right yes exactly but But his sass leading up to building the boat was so fun this was his best episode for for sure sure. and didn't you love the conversations that they went back into they sunk back into those conversations those monotonous conversations that they have that it was the only time the monotony or like the the uh, i don't want to call it boringness but that sort of general like simplicity of their relationship was good was when they had these conversations yes like, what's the best food to bring to the beach or what's the best thing to do for a half hour what it was it made you feel like oh they're finding each other again yes it, and it reminds you that their relationship i think at its best is built off a of friendship totally so they lost it in the romance which i think happens a lot of times good but point. what they have is that friendship mm-hmm. and that's what case and her don't have and so we see her going to the cleanse and something seems off yeah. she realizes that once Case talks to the other woman, I think she sees, you know what, this isn't for me. But also what really escalated things was that they were forgetting things. Yes. Yes. I thought that that was kind of – they seemed okay with forgetting things because I guess ignorance is bliss. To, yeah. But it did – and then you think, oh, my God, she's just going to forget about Oscar. That's what I thought. I'm like, yes. oh, no, she's going to live in this place and she's going to forget about him and it's going to be like, oh, well. And then she's going to be talking about like burning her face off. <laughs> I started to get real nervous I know. at that point. And then yeah. she goes back, and yeah. then we have this ending scene, and I just quickly want to break that down. Yeah. We, they go back into the ocean, which is, like, the coolest scene ever. I ever. think it is so cool. I thought it was a very interesting choice to show them going to the ocean the, in the first place, when June first went in with the group um, from Oceanside, I was like, why are they showing this? Did, they didn't. I believe that they went in the ocean, cut to the next scene. I don't need to see them under the water. Then it made sense. We needed to see it. We needed to, And I think that the water is the energy source. So I think when they go in under the ocean, they must build up like a ton of energy that they don't need to take from the currents is what I'm guessing. And it was so, yeah, I think the point of that first scene was to get to this last scene, which was like, yes. I mean, this is the point of the show where I was like, oh, <laughs> they're in the ocean together. This is where they're going. Then I thought this is where they're going to live. They're yeah, going to be do you mermaids. Think? I totally was like, they're going to be mermaids. <laughs> 
<laughs> no. And then they came out and they saw something else. And I don't know what it is, but I thought it was some sort of a glowy, glittery castle. That's what I imagined in my mind. I think it's the next Oceanside. I really want it. I don't know. I think I think you're right. I would love to see the type of person that's there. Um, if it's another, like, group of people searching for something in particular. But I don't know. But I thought it was such a great way to end because whether or not we have a season two, I'm satisfied. Me too. However, I would love, love, love to see a season two. I would love to see a season two. Because yeah. I just think there's so much to explore. Totally. And and just the, the, liber- the liberty that they have just writing the show with the death element is like, it's like sky's the limit. Exactly. Ocean's the limit. <laughs> So cute. Okay, well, that wraps up our episode's mm. breakdown, unfortunately. But this is my one of my favorite things to do at After Buzz. I get to ask Lauren a relationship Yay. question pertaining to this episode, these episodes. So I want to ask you, how should people practice honest communication in relationships? I think... The key, again, and we're to beat a dead horse, talking about taking responsibility. I think when... You are trying to be honest with somebody. I think you really, first of all, break it down to its simplest emotion, right? Like, what is this thing that's making me feel this way? Check in with yourself. And then when you express it to your partner or your friend or your coworker or whoever it is, but for this all intents and purposes in a relationship, you want to make sure that you're repeating how you feel not like you you make you did this and you made me feel this way well first of all nobody makes you feel anything so you need to understand that this feeling is being triggered by something in you and please explain it that way and try to a key thing here is try to disarm and that meaning that means Come at from a place of inside of you that is not um, shaming or blaming when speaking to your partner because it it's a, a moment of vulnerability and you could see on the other end how you would act go all the way to def- defense mechanism. Like you're telling me these things and now I feel bad and now I have to defend myself. So try to break your feeling down to something simple. Disarm when expressing it and make sure that you're taking responsibility for your vulnerability and insecurity that you brought in to the relationship because the other person is so much more apt to listening and understanding when when it starts like that yes and that's for any relationship guys especially romantic but friendship work anything like that's a good kind of simple approach that's so true. And it reminds me of what my mom says. She says always wait 24 hours before you approach someone about something it's for a hothead like me. Yeah, no, <laughs> totally, because you need to think about it. You need to, like, check in with why it's making you feel that way. And word it right or else you're not going to get the reaction nope. you want. It's just going to be a fight and then you're not listening to each other and you're getting defensive and it's like you know then when you revisit it 24 hours later, it's so much better. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. That was so great. Thank you, Lauren. Yes, of course. And I know you have a little bit of news and gossip. I do. I found an article. You guys. 
on the Business Insider. And there was all these spoiler alerts, so I waited till after I watched <laughs> the whole thing because it's an interview between um, Matthew Hubbard and Alan Yang, the creators. And there was it's a great article. There's tons of information on it. If you've watched the whole entire show, please read it again on the Business Insider. It tells like every in and out of the storytelling and things that happen in the show. But we're safe to read it because we know. The one part that stuck out at me is they, Alan and Matthew, they presented this show like to whatever, you know, when they were trying to sell their show idea as they literally went in like this is a show about marriage. And like <laughs> they were brave to do that because and I think it was a nice like ploy in the room when presenting because like how many shows are about marriage? Like, all of them. So people were so like anticlimactic. Like what is this is going to be so boring. And then they told the rest of their idea and opened with like, but the two main people in the relationship die in episode two or like two and three or whatever, one and three. So I thought it was kind of cute that they had such faith in their show and their idea and took this simple idea and really went for it. And that's why, and they also say in the article, that's why it ended up on um, Amazon because they, it's just so different than normal network TV, if you will, which I think is changing, but they had all their liberties that they could, you know, really live out and create, and the article's very cute, so read it, because there's tons of information, but that was my favorite part. I love that, and it really speaks to the show, because you can see that kind of secrecy and then you just have to wait and be patient and see what it is. See what unfolds, because I did not expect the ending to be the ending. No. At all. Let's, oh, that was so great. Thank you. Let's talk about the ending and kind of moving forward and ra- have our last season comments because we don't have predictions, I, I guess, know. a little bit. I mean, I honestly, I mean, I could predict that I don't, I want it to happen, but I don't feel like there's going to be a season two. I like don't, I'm, I feel like you said, Steph, I feel satisfied. I want more. I love the show. I'm not saying that. I feel satisfied with like this mystery that they left that didn't feel like that didn't leave me feeling like empty but still mysterious but I kind of like it I totally agree there's a mystery and I really want to know where they are I want to know the rules of the afterlife I need to prepare totally (laughs) I I feel like they might be right I know and now we know what to do thank god we watched thank god we watched yeah but I um, I'm really just happy with this ending. I was yeah. kind of getting worried because we didn't hear about a season two, and I was like, I, I don't want to be left on not knowing what happens. But in terms of their relationship, we saw, I feel like, their entire relationship, like 20 years oh, of ups and downs and then resolution. Totally. They they really did a good job, and I think the musical montage has helped, of taking us through like a long period of time and really like making you feel the monotony and making you feel the angst and all of the things that, they're, well, they didn't make us feel anything. <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> bringing you along in the journey of the story they were telling. I... To, to totally want to know what ha- like where they're at, but I'm like kind of okay with not knowing at the same time, which is kind of the way you need to be in relationships. Like you need to have a plan, but you also need to like let go and let it unfold and trust the journey. That's so beautiful and true. Oh, wow. It's true. I, I have a hard time doing that. So 
practice what you preach. Me too. It's hard to do. It's hard to let go of control, but they kind of had to here. Oscar really had to. And they ended up like I out loud was like, oh, and I think that's like probably how everyone felt. It was cute. It's a very nice ending that didn't feel um, that also didn't feel cheesy. Yes. I was worried at the end. If they make them get back together, it's going to be cheesy, but I don't want them to break up. So what are they going to do? They did it perfectly. Absolutely. Well, I guess that wraps up our segment. If there's not a season two, let us know. Where can we find you? What are you doing? You can find me forever <laughs> on all the social meds at Lauren Leonelli. And don't forget to follow Jen and I at uh, Complicated Show on all the social media platforms and here at AfterBuzz every week on our It's Complicated Dating and Relationship podcast before this show. And what about you, Steph? Absolutely. I'm Steph Sabra. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Steph Sabra. But... I'm at AfterBuzz a lot. I'm doing a lot of after shows, but let's stay connected. You guys, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like this video, leave a comment so we can talk to you. And on iTunes or now we're streaming on Spotify as well. Uh, rate us five stars and also leave a comment because we want to talk to you guys. It doesn't we have to do. end. Together forever. Together you know? forever. And especially <laughs> if there's a season two, then we'll be back forever. Yes. Yay. <laughs> okay, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. We don't know when we'll see you. Yes. Bye forever. <laughs> Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.